it's recording. Welcome, everybody, to the 31st episode of The World with Isaiah Cooper. And uh, do you remember in the last episode how I was telling you about I wanted to change it to uh, TWIC? Yes. Well, so I was on uh, Instagram, and I wanted to change it to TWIC so people can find it. And I, uh, TWIC was already taken, so I had to change it to TWWIC, like you said. <laughs> so, um, just like you said, it's TWWIC. So, everybody, uh, if you want to stay more in touch, find us on TWWIC on, uh, on Instagram. You can also find us on SoundCloud and on Stitcher and iTunes and anywhere else so um it's world war one with a book ended by tc (laughs) world war one everybody world war i the world war one this i uh in the past in the past week i've moved right you moved yeah i moved and i'm actually in what is now I'm considering my my podcast studio and it's it's a big like it's a nice it's not a nice I mean it's a walk-in closet like you can definitely walk into it right and I've got a table set up inside of it and a chair and my uh, you know my laptop and, and microphone and everything so I've got I can definitely fit at least one other person in here and so that's why I'm asking if you can hear too much of an echo because I think I'm going to hang up more clothes on the closet railing to 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 deaden the sound that's a good idea yeah that's definitely what i think i always imagine you having like four shirts though and like two pairs of shorts so maybe you'll have to like rent some clothes i'm gonna definitely have to go down to the uh strictly for audio yeah the 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 rent a rent a pants store buy myself a pair of pants i can't i can't imagine you have you do you wear pants uh yeah like like long pants like long, yeah. I mean, like pants by definition are long, typically. Yeah, I wear. I guess pants. unless you're talking about like a culotte, I suppose I could see you in like a culotte. What the hell is that? If you're not in shorts. What's a culotte? A culotte? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> spell that. How do you spell that? I could not spell it if I was pressed. If I was so don't pressed, press me. What's it's the... like something. I think it's like something that females used to wear that was like a longer short. You know, it got into a weird distinction. It was like a longer short thing. Oh, kind of like like clam diggers. Maybe like clam diggers, yeah. Like, but I just can't imagine you in pants any longer than like my next door neighbor is like this old guy from up north, and he just never wears a shirt like ever. Right. Like three hundred and sixty four days and a half, and every once in a while, <laughs> I'll catch him in a shirt. He'll put on like some outrageous Hawaiian button down, and like I'm like, oh, someone must have died, or he's going to like a, <laughs> a serious civic thing because he wears a shirt for like seven hours a year. Someone must have died. <laughs> <laughs> You put it on a, a 364 days. So, so you moved. Can, I moved. Can we get any, what type of detail? I have no idea as, as the listener about what is the situation from what to what without getting too line crossing. What, uh, you, are you in, uh, Sarasota still? I'm in, I'm in Sarasota. I'm in Sarasota. So, uh, what happened was, for uh, a large majority of my life, so uh, you know, I went to I went to college, and then I came back from college, and I lived with uh, friends of mine, uh, like we, you know, had roommates and stuff. 
I lived with basically the exact same roommates that I'm living with now. And I was doing a web series. I don't know if I ever told you about it. It was called Squatters, right? Okay. No, you never told me about Squatters. I never told you. Okay, so what happened was I I went to a year of college and uh, like a year of actual university. And I had no idea what I wanted to do after university. And so while I was there, I, uh, I could just see like, there were things that were falling. <laughs> like I got so livid, right? I got so livid. And then it was just like a cascade of like, dude, no, fuck this. I'm not wasting money. I'm wasting time. Like I could be doing anything with my life. I don't know what I want to be doing with this college education. So like, I think the biggest thing that I'm doing is I'm wasting time, right? Oh, wait, this is the gym at the school. Oh, yeah. Gym at the school up at uh, UCF in Orlando. Okay. Yeah. So I quit and um, I came back home and I'm like, I'm more or less the first person in my like generation of siblings to to go to university so i really felt obligated to continue higher education so i went to then community uh uh, community college and um can i just say for one second i felt like from what i know of you that i would have guessed all of your siblings were college dwellers nah Nah, that's weird how many what do you have for siblings how many siblings you have i have um so I have two uh, sisters. Yeah. I actually have four older siblings, right? Okay. I have two full siblings, as in my mother and father had three kids together. Okay. But outside of the uh, uh, marriage that they had, my father had two and my mother had one, right? Okay. So it's like an open marriage thing? That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my dad, yeah, yeah. My dad had a, a son and then he had a daughter and then he okay. had, and then he met my mother and my mother already had a daughter and then they both had two. Oldest brother, if I'm remembering cor- correctly, is going on 50 or into his fifties now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, cause my dad's like 70, he's about to turn 71 right holy shit i never would have guessed your dad was 70 either uh, i had like a, a fully formed imaginary isaiah's father that just kind of went along with the thing he yeah. was like late 50s like a professional i knew you had a couple of sisters i really felt like you were from like uh you know quintessential american 50s isaiah's parents still live together they all went to college one of the sisters went to like a good school the other sister went to, I don't know, maybe like you, Florida, and Isaiah is the guy that's just kind of the young guy and doing his own thing. And I didn't know what your college situation was, but yeah, I really had this. You know whole what's thing. funny is, is I really kind of, um, I don't, I, I don't think you're the first person to to have thought that. <laughs> you I, know, you're... it's your mindset. You you have a mindset to a guy my age that strikes people as interested enough in education in like from that place like where npr um 
It's certainly not an insult at all, by the way, because I feel like education is important. And I think that you do bounce that off people that education is something that was bred in you from a younger age, not just, you know, I mean, if your parents say you are going to graduate high school, even if I have to beat the crap out of you, you're going to grad. That's, that's one way of getting there. And that's very common. But then there's also, you think you might go to college. You think you might go to college. That's another way that you can be raised. And another one is you're going to college. Where are you going to go? We'll help you with the, you know, that landing. Yeah. Yes. And I thought you were, I thought you grew up in that. You, you strike me as a guy that grew up in a house where they were like, yeah, you're going to college. We're just going to figure out if you can get your shit together, we're going to get you into Vassar. (laughs) Or you know what I'm saying? You might go to a good school. We don't want you to go to fucking state. Okay. Because that would be an embarrassment to my, my old, my brother. Man, they were, they were happy just for me to go. They were happy. So, so I come, um, I come from a family of, uh, so my father, right, comes from a long line of coal miners, right? Bullshit. Nah, man. Uh, West Virginia coal miners. Fucking so, coal miners. Coal miners, man. The last name Cooper in itself is uh, a Cooper Smith is somebody who makes barrels. So far enough back, uh, they were in you know Great Britain just laboring away, right? And my father's dad, he was a coal miner, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure what his his father was. I never met my grandfather, and uh, if I did, I was uh, actually no. I, I never met him. I never met him. Never even met him. He died before you were born. Died before I was born. To be fair, your dad was fairly old. Yeah, uh, he was already him. in his forties when I was born. He was like forty something when I was born, or right going into his forties when I was born. Okay. And, uh, or like 45, right? So my, um, yeah. And as far as I know, and if he, I, I guarantee because he's so out of the loop with technology, he's not going to listen to this. But from what I've been told, he didn't, he didn't graduate high school. Right. And, uh, he, um, not uncommon for his, time. not uncommon for the, for the time. And he moved, uh, his mother, his mother and father divorced a couple of times and like remarried and whatnot. And he ended up living in Detroit for a short period of time from West, uh, West Virginia and then moved to New Mexico where he did most of his growing up in New Mexico. It's where he learned to speak Spanish fluently in Carlsbad, New Mexico. It's about an hour away from Roswell where the, you know, the whole alien thing happened. And, uh, I know this is in the sixties. Oh yeah. This is a long time ago. Yeah. And he, he, he worked a number of jobs. He ended up working in the, the potash mines, you know, cause that's where. Said in Detroit, and then they ended up, uh, finding themselves in places like the potash mines or natural gas. Okay. And, uh, he himself worked in, in, um, worked in the potash mines for a short period of time, but then he wanted to, uh, join law enforcement. But at the time, the law enforcement, they ran the fastest and they got to ride horseback and they shot the straightest, all that kind of stuff. It was just real sort of romantic was the <laughs> border patrol. And oh, okay. so he joined the Academy and it was actually very difficult to, to, pass and to become a border patrol agent because it's a it's federal law enforcement it's not it's not local government it's federal and uh 
able to pass the test. He passed, like, I guess, from from what I recall, again, I, if my sisters or anything listen to this, they can absolutely correct me. But I, I, from what I remember hearing, he passed, like, top of his class for, like, all the language stuff and whatnot. And um, he was, you know, he worked in, he started out right entry level, Border Patrol, right, ar- right along the border. You know, they would go out, ride horses up and down the border, or they would patrol in trucks and stuff, and, and um, all Texas, uh, El Paso, things like that. He worked in places, Old border. Uh, yeah, in, in uh, California. He lived for a little bit. Like, he was living in, in California, as far as I know, when he met my I think some work-related reason, and my mother was down here on vacation, and uh, they met each other in a bar. Um, so he, like I said, he just started out right entry level uh, as far as Border Patrol and just slowly worked himself up, continued to get uh, continued to get to promotions and transfers and stuff. And like, I was born in Vermont, so everywhere I've ever lived has always been on a border state. Um, I was born in Vermont, so he was doing a lot of uh, anti-smuggling stuff from people smuggling tobacco and people in and out of Canada and whatnot. Uh, like right on the border, I was born in St. Albans, which is about 15, 20 minutes from the border in Canada. That's way up there, yeah. St. Albans. There. I used to work in a dairy, and this shit came from St. Albans. It was way the hell up there. Oh yeah, check that shit out. They had a dairy up there, yeah. Oh yeah, man. No, we're real close to where Ben and Jerry's start started and um uh they actually at the time when i was born it was they had made the the world's biggest pancakes was in st albans (laughs) (laughs) maple syrup baby what's up um so he and then from from vermont it was just way too cold you know in st albans it's above the snow belt and that's like up New York and New Hampshire and everything and then it's cold uh, it's cold man so it was too cold and my father had roots in in Carlsbad and he's like well I can get a transfer to Carlsbad it's not only it's not only a like I'll make more money but we can move down there I have family and whatnot so we moved we moved there another border place he worked at uh, Fletzy which is the federal law enforcement training center so he's been a border guy this whole time though uh, yeah well yeah it's um not not necessarily border uh, but always federal, uh, law enforcement. So it's federal law enforcement. It's, um, like INS immigration nationalization, nationalization, nationalization services, or the, like department of drug enforcement task forces and shit. Like they, they kept, um, anything that was being smuggled in and out of the country, whether it be human trafficking or goods trafficking, he was the investigative person for that. So by the time he re- retired, he was here and he worked out of Tampa, at the tan- like around the Tampa Port Authority kind of area, for um, uh, he worked like just investigative office. He was a, a senior special officer for the for the federal law enforcement agency, you know, keeping. He would investigate. There's a lot of like little, uh, 
like t-shirt shops that you find on beaches that are run by like Israelis or they're run by like different types of Pakistanis and stuff. And they're mostly like laundering fronts so they can launder the money that they make off of smuggling humans. So they'll smuggle people from their country in and those people will pay them and then they take that money and they launder it through their business, which is like selling t-shirts on the beach, right? Like a little cash run of, yeah. Yeah, um, so, look, so, yeah. so instead of selling actual items, they're like, oh, we sold this many items, but really that money came from the the people paying them money to get them there. Um, and uh, yeah, he did that his whole, did that, you know, and that that's that's a, fucking dandy goddamn job he did it for 30 something years before he he retired um so yeah it went from just simple coal miners to working for the government and pulled our family up from or pulled his family the or the cooper name up from people that were just really kind of baseline uh what uh um sorry what's the word i'm looking for real baseline um like working class working class up to just above like you know working class just through that and uh he has so his his son do so you have family that's still coal mining um west I'm virginians sure, yeah yeah we have you know we have a lot of you know the the they're they're like rats dude they multiply like crazy and they they there's like west virginia has like only a handful of last names and Cooper is like one of the most popular ones. So we, we're like Cooper and Georgia, or sorry, Georgia and West Virginia and stuff. There's a lot of uh, family in the area. I'm sure like distant cousins and shit like that. And we have people that live in New Mexico because they all move, like I said, to the potass mines. And, um, but, uh, oh shit, where was I going with that? But he, his, his, his first son, um, I think wanted to join the border border patrol but then decided he didn't he, it wasn't for him so he just joined regular law enforcement so there's actually a really funny not really funny but if you look back at at like just human history the firstborn son for the more more or less purposes always follows in the in the father's footsteps and that's that's exactly what my my oldest brother did he's even his name is he's ronnie jr my dad's name is ron so ronnie jr uh detective or something i'm sure he's worked his way up far from there and so when you when you grew up he was already an adult out of the house doing his own thing absolutely the only way i knew him was already adult he had a wife he had a kid shortly after like i like i i hardly you know i only knew him once i moved to new mexico and i haven't seen him since i've only seen him in pictures and then um it's just been and then since then he had a he had three daughters Including, and my mother's only had daughters until me. And so, uh, when it comes to just, when it comes to family structure, and like the history of the fucking world, like literally, if you look at any culture, the firstborn son is always like follows in the footsteps of the father, right? And it's a very it's a, common theme for it's sure. A, it's a common theme to the point where it's even like expected in a lot of cultures. Like the firstborn son's gonna do what the father did, right? And then it gets hey, down my to, son's gonna work on the farm for yeah, goddamn sure. Exactly. He doesn't have a choice. But then once it gets to like the last kid, he's supposed he's expected to help out, but then he's also expected to go out and get some kind of education and like kind of do his own thing, really, right? So okay. that's kind of 
my sisters all sort of um, went in the very in the direction of of my um, in the direction of like my mother. They're all already married. married but she's at this point almost common law she's uh, got this guy that she's been living with for a very long time and is she in florida happy. yeah they're they're the only ones that are in florida uh they were all in florida at one point like all my mother's kids were in florida at one point but now they've all moved away but they're they've uh they've all moved away and um some of them one of them found her husband here And she is a stay-at-home mother. And then the other, the other sister, the one that's closest to me, she. To to move to just to move from where you are to escape things that are negative. And uh, she found her husband in Vermont, and she is happily married with two beautiful, beautiful children. Uh, right now and she's also a stay-at-home mother one of which dude her firstborn daughter uh, who is going on four years old right now is the most intelligent four-year-old I've ever met in my entire life right it's just really it's, dude it's uncomfortable how how smart this little girl is right <laughs> give me an idea give all me right, an example I'll give you some all right so I'll give you some examples examples right so um, just just a just a small example and then I'll build to a bigger one uh, her father has an iPad that he has to use for work. So whenever he's home, she's on it. And before she could like really talk, if you handed her this, the words that were on the screen, right? But was it just wrote though? Like she knew from just trial and error, like hit this button and that uh, button. I'm not that sure how I... she learned it because I wasn't ever around like to watch her learn it, but I was around to watch her use it and I was just blown away. And then she was also this kid that before she could even like talk or walk, like my, just who I am and how I've grown up is just to, to borderline push people until they get mad, like just annoy them, right? Like I'm, I'm knowingly trying to annoy you to get your goat, right? And so <laughs> I'm an uncle. Like, what else do I? What else do I fucking do? Like, I would take this girl, and I would just like, you know, you you try so hard to upset her or to like make her like just. It was in May, and we were all together, up in Georgia, and we're 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 we're. About just just under three and a half, and she takes a she takes a, a, a rock and she sets it down right, and then she takes maybe like a, a piece of three foot uh, a piece of three foot like cardboard and she sets it like dead center on the rock right, and then to one side of that piece of cardboard she sets another rock all right, and then she picks up a rock in her hands.
cardboard and she holds it over it and she she stops her dad and she says dad dad and he looks at her and she goes he's, he's And it like kind of moves it. I mean, it kind of bends because it was cardboard. She didn't understand that, but she understood what a fucking lever was. And when I watched her do this whole thing and I'm like, what the fuck? Like it was just, and she's not even, she's, she, she doesn't go to school until like another year or two from now, from now she doesn't go to school for another year or two. It's just stupid. It's, uh, and I, and I spent some time with her over this, this, uh, Christmas break and she's, um, She's just stupid smart. It's it's uncomfortable. Everyone's uncomfortable by how smart she is. Everyone's <laughs> uncomfortable. Everybody. She makes everybody uncomfortable by how much she knows and how like how inquisitive she is. And I love hearing stories about little kids that just they don't. When people become, you know, what that kid starts out as. Right. And and. I, that's awesome. It, it, her and seeing her at such a young age, being so intelligent, it gives you an understanding of where intelligence truly comes from. And uh, for me, like seeing her, where I feel it truly comes from, is a place of inquisitive, like being inquisitive. Like yeah. if you're asking questions constantly, uh, constantly about your your world that you live in, instead of just letting your world pass you by and like letting it happen. Instead, looking at it and being like, why does this happen? And then asking everybody around you. And on top of the fact that, so like I said, she's less, uh, she's not even four yet. Or she might have, yeah, she's not even four yet. My mother, uh, so her grandmother had some uh, cysts removed from her ovaries not too long ago, right? About a year ago. When this happened she went into this spiral of watching like tumor and cyst removal videos from YouTube. Who did, your mother or your niece? My niece, the three-year-old. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She went into this spiral. She's saying, I want to learn how to like help people because Nana is like, She's like, I have to like set some restrictions on what she looks up. She's, she's like, I really don't know because she's, she's always like looking things up. She's like, so I don't really don't know what she's looking up. She's like, I had to set some restrictions, but like she's been watching a lot of tumor removal videos because mom had those cysts removed. She's like, I'll let her watch those, but she's like, there's, she's just way too inquisitive. And just every question she has is just, she answers it. If she can't get the answer from one of her parents, she knows how to pick up the iPad and look it up on the internet and then watch videos about it and learn. It's just, that's it's, awesome. that's, I think that's what true, true intelligence is having the right questions. And then when you, if you're constantly asking those questions, then you end up learning the information, you know? And, uh, did, yeah, she's just, her, her, her father is really smart. And my sister, I was going to say it had, it, it all, the, the inquisitive, environment is really what would make because if kids are smart but it's not fostered then they're just quick-witted pricks in a household that doesn't give a shit it is off the top of your head larry page or cage La larry page with a p uh it sounds like i might like who is that how about this larry page and sergey brin nah 
the dudes that started fucking Google. Oh, shit. They're like super G. I mean, some of the shit they did was amazing. But when I read a couple of stories about where they came from, especially Larry Page, his parents. Teacher at the University of Michigan, like in the 70s, like early stage when computers were starting. people so he had the same inquisitiveness that you're talking that your niece had but then it was fostered because he's just in the middle of this thing so instead of looking up you know i mean they look up what's happening around them i'm sure if like a neighbor in her neighborhood does something she's looking that up yeah so this she's, guy she's happened using to be in larry this- pages His teacher was pissed off because he had printed his homework. Instead of writing it, he fucking printed it. And they didn't even have, uh, I guess they tracked it back and they figured out, like, how would he print, you know, like printed it out with a printer. <laughs> and they were like, how, how would he even do that? How would you have access to a printer? It wasn't like common at that point. And they found out he had built a printer mostly of Legos, <laughs> like a working bubble jet printer. Like, it's idea how you could do that shit but clearly it's a guy who had this beautiful inquisitiveness that was fostered you know when you see like i've seen kids in my life where i'm like god you just you you meet them through some little happenstance right you may be sitting in a restaurant and a kid comes over and talks to you and you never you'll never see this kid again but you can just tell the kid has that inquisitiveness you know because i think that's really what you're talking about and you see the kid go back to the table with his parents and you're like oh that, that is just that sucks you know, I mean, you can just tell by it's just your little preconceived notion, but you can tell that kid's not going back to a great fostering environment and it's going to die on the vine. You know, he'll be like a really frustrated smarty pants that's just not going to because I, th- I think if you just put a kid out on his own that's really inquisitive, a small percentage of them will overcome their environment and a small percentage of them will have an awesome fostering environment, but then a large percentage in the middle are just going to have to kind of. that, um, you know, the environment is not going to be conducive for them to take it to the next level and get educated about something. You know, music is one of the things that sticks out because if a kid has a really inquisitive mind and it turns towards music, they can almost always just do that themselves. Yeah, yeah. Like if you you have an inquisitive mind, you can, and you don't have the access to to maybe the information that you necessarily want, you can always turn it towards some kind of art that you're really inquisitive about. I should have said art. You're right. Yeah, I think yeah, music yeah. because that's such a basic common one. But you're right. Art in general. Just art in general. It's like painting or sculpting or something. So I think a lot of a lot of times, even that intelligence, um, if it's not fostered in in a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for in a like a supportive environment with resources. Yeah. Or if it's, it's supported in like a positive way, it can also manifest itself in more of a street smart kind of way, you know? Mm-hmm. So if it's mm-hmm. not art and if it's not, uh, and it's not just, just straight intelligence, somebody that's going to go to school and, and, you know, progress themselves that way it manifests because I think intelligence 
uh, transcends obviously gender and race altogether. And it's just a strict, it's just a strict numbers game. You know, like uh, if there's a certain amount of people, there's going to, there's going to be. You love the numbers. I love when Isaiah starts going stats. What so are those like, monkeys that you were talking about the last time we, we talked? Oh, absolutely. It was the monkeys we were talking about. So it's going to be the you, same thing. It's, it was a specific type of monkey, though. So but it's the same just, thing. If you have 100 macaques, there's going to be like one or two of them that are just super smart, you know? And um, so it's the same thing with humans. Like if you have 100 humans, there's going to be a, a, a couple of them that are really fucking smart. And, uh, you know... It's always going to be a half and half thing, whether it's 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 going to be genetics and environment. So, let's say somebody who's just hyper intelligent is born into maybe like a negative environment. They're going to take that hyper intelligence and they're just going to push it in this area that's maybe what what is what society deems is something that's a lot is a little more negative than going to school and pursuing some kind of higher education. They're just going to be really smart at like what slinging drugs or doing something like that. You know what I mean? I think, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think smart is a little bit more 3d than I think we typically, when we're just real quick throwing out the word smart, it's more 3d than just, more than one level to it. It's not just, the mind works quick enough to make connections and is, you know, looking for the next connection and is trying to look ahead and predict things. It's more about the, the external things that are fostering, you know, progress with the mind, you know, and you can be, you can be your own external environment. If you go to the library and read books, that's something that's going to foster that creativity. You know, you can have something that's going to bar you from going to the library. You live in a shitbag neighborhood where there's no, library at all or you're going to get your ass kicked if you even say the word library right obviously those things are going to stop it but in a lot of other circumstances smart is just more of a product of like you know a, a quick mind and, you know it doesn't have to be this exacerbated genius thing a lot of the smartest people that i know came from like a, just a super white bread regular uh situation you know like basic middle of the road we'll say i don't know we'll just say middle class right white bread middle class you got the certain amount of intelligence but you you know that if you study you can get a's like i saw that so much in high school and i'm just like that guy is a fucking idiot i was in class with that guy and i always would have the answer first i'm just picking a specific guy here that i'm thinking of always had the answer first and i would be talking to him and i could just totally burn him and bust his balls, and he was just so slow, and I'd be like, dude, you're fucking slow as shit, killing me, you know, and I would just bust the guy's balls, but he would just sit there and grind out the A's, and I'd be like, dude, how the fuck did you get straight A's, and I got this and that, and he'd be like, I don't know, dude, they tell me what to do for homework, I go home, I do it, you'll know the math problems to a certain extent, right, average Joe, you know the math problems to a certain extent without doing any You know, problems one through 27, Isaiah, don't forget to do all those problems. If you don't do those, you're going to come and take the test and be like, fuck, I don't even know how to do these last five. Right. You and know? I think you're you're getting into that, that gray area of what exactly is intelligence. Like, um, It's neural the... pathways that you can either build 
or they just or they don't happen. They don't just happen right. naturally. Or you but, have but, to but build even them. what are those neural pathways? Like I mean, dude, I there was this uh this time in high school when I got uh really obsessed with first first I got obsessed with with series of of documentaries this this guy created this way of doing of interviewing people where they can look directly at the camera but he was like they were looking at him when they did a documentary it was like a series of mirrors mirrors and and like glass he would use so they would be looking directly at him when they would do the doc when they would do the interview but they would be looking directly at the camera essentially right and um he did all these interviews with the people that have the highest IQs in in the world right so like until like I and it's it's such a very very uh, broad a broad point of being the smartest person in the world if you can't tell anybody about it right so these people yeah they <laughs> might be able their their intelligence is moot it's it's fucking it's useless right so maybe the guy you're talking about yeah he whether it's a uh, uh whether it's any question on, on a math test or any other kind of test but if he can't like communicate properly to another person like what's the fucking point like you, your intelligence is absolutely useless if you can't communicate it right and so then it becomes like, what is what is intelligence, right? There was this um, one of them was this guy who's in, who, whose IQ is well into the like the two hundreds, and he had uh, gone to his senior year of high school. I think it was like five times, and so he graduated. <laughs> yeah, he graduated from high school, and he felt like he didn't have this ideal uh, high school experience. And I really wish I can uh, remember this dude's name, but if you after eight years, yeah, if you if you look this up, if you look this up, you'll find him really quickly. Uh, he he went he graduated high school for his first time, and he was like, I didn't have that ideal high school experience. I didn't go to prom with like the I wasn't the prom king, and I wasn't uh, you know dating the prom queen, and I didn't have that like picture book uh, uh, experience. Right? You still there? Yes, I didn't want you to hear me typing. Oh, I'm trying sorry. to find out. I'm trying to look this guy up. So what's the sorry? This guy I, went to high school. For... Yeah, yeah. If you just look like if uh, I'm sorry, my my computer went went uh, dark for a second while I was talking because I haven't touched it in a minute. Moved to a different to a dis a different district, and it was at a time when things weren't digital, they were all analog, so he was able to forge documents and then re-enlist himself into another high school and attend his senior year again, even though he was like living on his own, right? And he did it over and over again into his so 20s. That was like 20, wow. Into his, well into his 20s, he just continued to move districts and continue to forge his documents to go to high school. And it got to the point where you know he was living on his own so he would have to go to school and then he would go to work and he would uh, work like however many jobs to pay rent for wherever he was. And then he'd go.
He's like, yeah, he, um, he was so broke at some points because he was just paying rent and shit where he was eating like uh, he said he was eating cat. You know, he was eating dog food. Right. And he's like. Well into his 200s and he's eating dog food and he's like, I don't like cat food because there's little like bones and shit in it and it gets caught in your throat. So I was eating dog food. <laughs> right. Because it's like pennies on the dollar to eat dog food. It's just, dude, it's just silliness. Like, it's just absolute silliness. Like, they become obsessed with something. Like, yeah, somebody who's hyper-intelligent is able to forge these documents. So, there's this, this point of diminishing return where you're so intelligent you can't like even communicate it to other people and it's just absolutely useless and um so well i mean it still serves a purpose of you know being your life but yeah i mean it, it is always nice when we can communicate things and yeah so encapsulate that, stuff for yeah. other humans and i guess like what it, what it comes down to like um the iq tests and intelligence quotas like what it, what do those actually mean like those when they test, when you take one of those tests, it's problem solving. Like they put you in a, in a, in a, when you take the test, it's a scenario of that you might not have been in before. And I believe it's your age crossed with your mental age. And then they cross your mental age with, there is some, some, some situations on a test that you'll take. Where. Solve this problem. Right. And when you yeah, take like an IQ test? It's almost impossible to remove culture from these things because otherwise they're just trying to take a raw test of like your three and a half year old niece, you know, and they, and they can't. They have to do like, they can only do so much of that spatial shit. Right. And right. then they have to start asking stuff like, the condom broke. You're 40 minutes from a drugstore. <laughs> how long does this... it take you to get that? that... <laughs> how long does it take you to get that morning after pill? You know? <laughs> uh, Google was famous for uh, the crazy interview questions, and they used to lock them up. You couldn't really get them, but then they started coming out. Ironically, of course, you can look them up on Google. One of the best ones ever. Well, actually, one that I remembered that I was like, I get what they're doing. That's really cool. They're just, they want to put out a question that could just toast you. If you're like the right mindset that, is going to fucking break down under pressure. You're going to be like, I don't fucking, but like, they'll say something like, you know, they're interviewing for some computer job at Google. And they went, how many gas stations are there in America? And I guess. I would say there's probably between 15, eight, that's what they want to hear. Not like, I don't fucking know, man. Right. I but one of them was really cool. It was, you are the size of a nickel and you're dropped in a blender with only your pants on. <laughs> the blender is going to turn on in 10 seconds. How do you survive? Uh, what? <laughs> I know. That's a fucked up question here in job interview. They had some really fucking cool ones. That's ridiculous. I, when you were talking about this kid... With the, obviously, I'm thinking of Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, man. The, yeah. the right, best line right, in the whole right, thing. Right. Yeah, the best line is, you know what I love about high school girls? 
they keep I keep getting older and they, they stay, stay the same. <laughs> exactly. I saw that movie in 1994. but we went to Texas to visit my roommate's hometown. And, and it just happened that Days and Confused was on. And I wanted to ask if you have ever had any experience with uh, the psychotropic, the psychedelic. LSD? LSD. Of course, yeah. LSD. I've had a lot of, of experience with, with that. And it's it's... It's a very so that's a very very interesting. Um, you, you know what though, I, I asked that question and I do want to get back to it. You, I was actually interested to I don't know why I segued to that because I really wanted to get back to why. Well, like where where are you at with your? You started to give us your family tree, right? We're, we're, I, I have a, a note here by the way. We're getting back to acid for sure. Okay, but you started telling us the family history and then we kind of trailed off. Yeah, yeah, Dad it's been in the back of my mind. Border Patrol, you're in Florida. So from what I gather, and let me match up what I've got with the with the listener, you're in Florida, you got a sister in Georgia, you got a sister in Vermont, mm-hmm. a much older brother in New Mexico, he's a detective. Right. And then your dad, you didn't tell us where he's at. Is he in Florida? Yeah, he's in Florida. So what happened was he retired when when I was in Florida, right? Okay. And uh, you know, his kids were still very young myself being in seventh grade when he retired and so him in vermont uh no this was here this was here okay he was already here we were already here and he so i think where this is all going is i i begin telling you about this uh your living situation my living situation and how i used to live with these same dudes that are living i'm living with now and why i'm living back with them now and how i used to have this web series called squatters Right. Okay. So, uh, what happened was, so he, he, uh, retired and then he was retired for maybe a year and then uh, I was in seventh grade and then he acquired some contracts, government contracts to go and, and work overseas just for the federal government, like contracted work for uh, the government. He would work, first he worked in Jordan, where they would send Iraqi police officers out of Iraq to Jordan, and then American um, officers would then train them in police tactics, and then they would send them back to police the country, right? And that's what he was doing. And uh, he did that for a number of years and then he ended up you know he changed contracts a bunch of times ended up working in iraq for a little bit and and uh for a while and did that that's good though yeah uh, yeah there's um like i said he he went from his parents or his father being um working in the coal mines and brought him brought himself and his family well out of that from middle class up to you know upper middle class right just doing that that kind of stuff and now he's just completely uh, completely retired he keeps trying to get other jobs because it's just so ingrained in him to always be having to work 
But every that time generation, he, that it's, it's the generation. Relax. Yeah, it's the generation, and it's his father, and and all that kind of stuff, and it's in him, and he just the greatest generation, right? It's the, the greatest generation. That's what they all say. Dude, every generation thinks they're the greatest, and every generation thinks the next one is a pile of shit. That's why like, I, I actually think though the name like where Generation X, you might be a millennial. You're probably a millennial. I, I think suppose. I'm technically a millennial. Yeah. Yeah, and Def- I think I'm Generation X, but like they're called. Yeah, it's true. But they you gave know themselves people. that name. You know those people, and they are pretty goddamn hardcore. Like my mother-in-law and people I know in that age bracket, they don't know how to relax, man. I think of like I'm a fuck off when I compare my seven-day, you know, 365-day or decade against any of theirs. It's, they're just like, what are you doing? Well, I don't know. Um, I work, and then you know sometimes I fuck around. Me and Isaiah do a podcast, and then. Like, you should have a fucking second job. You should be networking to fucking get something going. Networking. Networking. That's a that's a they, callback to the last podcast. <laughs> they just don't stop. They don't, they don't stop. They don't even, to, the point, to, to a point of detriment, I believe, because they just don't know how to relax. And there's something to be said for fucking enjoying life, having mm-hmm. a beer, and either fucking wasting an hour talking with someone or staring at a fucking movie or, man, you just feel yeah, a shut down. The, what's you know? the point of making all that money if you don't have the time to spend it? Mm-hmm. It's it's completely useless. You know, you're gonna bump it off down the road. You're gonna give it to your kid because you can't take it with you, and then your kid's not gonna appreciate it, and he's gonna waste it, and he's gonna be a fuck off. But isn't it the basic sentiment though that the, you know when they're they're they came up through the depression? You know, their their parents were depression age people, right? So they're like, you know, just you never know when everything's gonna dry up, and you're gonna be fucking starving and sucking guys off to fucking get a can of soup. So don't take it for granted, you know? And people went through World War II. Like, you never know when the dark force is going to gather and try and fucking kill you. It's not a Star Wars fucking movie, asshole. We lived it like they were coming for us. We had <laughs> the Nazis. Shit. They were I coming for us. I stayed in a bucket for five years. I lived in a... My aunt... My, my aunt... My wife has uh, Jewish on her father's side. And her... You ready for this? Her father's... Uncle was interviewed by um, Spielberg when they did uh, when when he was getting ready to put together um, Schindler's List. Yeah, he interviewed like tons of survivors, and this was called Surviving the Shoah, like this list of interviews that he did. And they interviewed uh, over a year. He just he, he ran away out of town went into this big tree that was like so every once in a while like when the coast was clear they would try and hook him up with food and shit but the guy lived in a fucking I'm not talking like a tree house I'm talking a fucking tree inside the tree inside the fucking tree just to protect himself from rain and shit or like it was like an Anne Frank type of situation but he was like I'm not even going into fucking town I'm staying out in this tree Anyone comes by, they're not going to think I'm living in this fucking rotted tree because it's insane. So that's exactly where I'm going to go. A, and you it's, just... a, it's a true testament to the human nature and what yeah. we are absolutely positive. I think we are the best animal that this this planet's ever produced. Yeah. That's what I think. I think about that shit so much time. And this is this little rant can go way off topic, but if We're you the look best at best animal that the world has produced, the world has it. ever produced. If you think about the world uh, itself as a being that just continues to produce life through evolution right every step of the way up to us it's just it's continually building 
better life and then it builds it all the way up to us to the point where it built life that can live anywhere on its surface there's no place on the surface of top of the highest mountain we can live if we if at this point in our <clears throat> at this point we can honestly build somewhere under the ocean we can live we, we have people that live in outer space for periods of time we can live anywhere we are some guy just broke the record for the longest in space he's been out there for like a couple of years in yeah. the space station isn't it's just insane like we are the best thing everything about us i i can i can easily break it down for everything about us is the best we are the most efficient animal on the face of the planet. It's self-awareness in that extra. It's self-aware, even even down to our yeah. It's it's our brain, even down to our physical body. The way we, the way we walk on two legs, so we can we can traverse more ground in a given period of time than any animal on the face of the planet because we have two legs instead of four. So we burn less calories walking than any other animal, and in walking you are uh, because you're on two legs. By the sun. I mean, that's the best way to put it. You're, the sun, the sun hits you less than any other animal. Think about any four-legged animal. There's more surface area to be hit by the sun. We sweat unlike any other animal. We're the only mammal on the. Uh, we're the only land mammal with subcutaneous fat, which is the fat that grows on the outside of your muscles. So that's why we have like you know blubber and that fat belly like whales do. Um, Every other, every single mammal that isn't us only has uh, uh, visceral fat, which is the fat that grows underneath your muscle and between your organs. So that's when you when you see like a big fat uh, gorilla, it just has a big fat bloated belly. That's all his fat is growing between his organs under his belly. And um, this this what helps. Is, what is the purpose of yeah? What is that? Uh, we can live in much colder environments because of that, and and that sort of fat burn. Uh, um, in the proper environment turns to brown fat which burns much hotter and keeps you much warmer in a colder environment um, we can live in desert environments because of what i said before with your less surface area and because we can actually carry because we have free hands we can actually carry things with us we can carry water and food with us and because of our intelligence we can store those things around and we can uh, uh, so you can store water places and you know where to find them so it's a combination. It's not just our brain that makes us hyper or that makes us the best things. It's our our physiology outside of our brain that also makes us. We are the best thing on the face of the, like we are the best thing I the feel planet's like ever made. Beyond the physiology, though, it is the self awareness, and I always go oh, back absolutely. to that because the thing that a lot like. Every about it so it's stupid to like put in that context i'm, I'm personifying most animals because they don't even think about it they just do what they're supposed to do right we take a sidestep and go well this is what we're doing is marching towards our death and having kids like every other animal but you know what if i want to take my subcutaneous fat down to the equator and say sarasota drink a bunch of beer and fucking live in a house that's fucking air-conditioned right fuck all the fuck all the <laughs> yeah. physiological i think i think those things end up i think
push the species further and there's going to be a higher amount of people that want Ouch, to just that seek, hurts seek, that hurts i bring yeah, up a the fairly personal example of my situation and you immediately go to <laughs> immediately go. we're not all pushing the envelope no some we're not I think it's, our, back. it's our high high numbers we also have some of the highest numbers of any mammal you know and i think um what yeah what mammal has more numbers than us nothing uh, Probably rats, something like that. Oh shit, rats! Yeah, I think right. we, I said I said that on the last one. But I think that what 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 our what we're truly uh, the planet is truly pushing for with with our species is is for us to create this uh, uh, the next step in life and. Uh, mention of of being which is a this we're, we're putting every single aspect of human interaction online and uh it's just a step because i i firmly believe that the only way for us to to get off this planet and to explore the galaxy is not with i don't think ethnic I think, cleansing i'm with you ethnic cleansing you're right <laughs> <laughs> i i uh i'm i really feel that we could take we could have all the intelligence. Uh, we can have all the the uh, technology to terraform someplace like Mars, right? But if let's say we have uh, uh, we can get to Mars and we can completely terraform Mars, I feel that if you put humans in their current state of being on Mars, that with it, with it completely terraformed within a number of years, all those humans would become completely mad, and they would uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't work out. And I think that's because. We are the the product of billions of years of, of evolution on this planet. We're a very specific distance away from the sun. We're very <clears throat> um, we're very specific distance away from the sun, and we're very. Uh, I mean, nobody can tell what uh, what um, aspects of the the Earth's magnetism has on the human the human uh, condition. And all these different things, you know, like our atmosphere, the gravity, all these different things. Like we, we're very, we don't know what these things do to us because we've never lived. I think in this, in this physical form, we, we aren't meant to, to necessarily explore our solar system or even our galaxy. So I think that's, we, if, if we are going to expand I think, uh, and and there's a lot of there's a lot of biological um, uh, breakthroughs being being made with things like CRISPR, and I don't know if you've heard. Biological experimentation, and um, where they're actually able to very specifically select genes in people and like take them out and replace them with different things. And that's only been within the past couple like decades, but I really, oh, oh shit, my computer fell asleep. But uh, yeah, I really believe that if we are going to to explore this solar system, more of like a robotic, like a bio robotic being that will end up creating at some point and and pushing that out into the galaxy because i think i really do believe that they're gonna like they're gonna send a bunch of humans maybe like right now like it's a super good idea and they're gonna send it they're gonna send a bunch of people to mars and those people are just gonna go completely mad and in in decades to come they're gonna realize that humans aren't meant to live 
humans in this in this form are not meant to live off this planet and it's just a really bad idea and it's going to be a lot like the fucking matrix where people I think are, they're people are very adaptable. I think if a kid was born off of earth I, I think they could you live think if a kid was else. born if you think you think a kid of uh, bo- one kid was born off of earth you think that one kid's genetics is going to override billions of years of evolution through every single ancestor before him not just humans but like any other bipedal I think age. even if all the formative years like the you know before the end of the first 5 years we'll say and a kid went into space, I think they could adapt to that. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think mentally they might be able to, but I just, I really feel as if there are aspects that we haven't be, been able to test because we're on this planet. And I think, like I said, the, the distance from the sun, the gravity of the planet, whatever sort of uh, uh, magnetic fields are, are on this planet that, that have, like, seriously, every single ancestor before us, not just humans, but all the... Um, anthropological ancestors before us, you know, like Homo heidelbergensis and, and uh, Homo erectus and Neanderthal and all these different things before us, all of them, all of them right here on this planet. And then to just send one off this planet to expect it to I mean, to prior to, I will agree with you, except for the group that created the pyramids, which we know came from somewhere else, a different world. A different world? Somewhere. Yeah, you somewhere. fucking ganking my goat, dog. <laughs> No, you you were talking about um, what was the thing that I wanted to go back to? You were talking about how the new the next it was almost like the next wave of humanity is going to be this online we're all together able to reach each other at the same time, Absolutely. and it made me think of something we talked about a while back. I don't know what episode, but who's the guy that had the theory about? Um, you know, if there's a new rat poison that comes out, it's not just the rats that live in the neighborhood that figure it out that it's going to kill them. It's like rats everywhere. Who's that um, guy? That is um, Rupert Sheldrake and his, Rupert Sheldrake. his theory I mean, of... Uh, it's kind of like the the natural internet of fucking quarks yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah. So he was, he was a... Um, Rupert Sheldrake was a... a uh, Wouldn't he kind of say there's already... Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Who you say who he is? Yeah, Rupert Sheldrake was an Oxford biologist, and he went through biology, and he was like the study of life. But every everything you study as a biologist is dead, and there's gotta be an extra. There, he's like, there's a missing piece in biology of how things there's there's a structure there's a structure to the universe so it's not just it's not just like when you test a like so if they do an experiment with a rat in one facility a brand new experiment with a rat in one facility and then on the other side of the planet they repeat the experiment those rats end up doing the experiment better than the first ones on the other side of the planet and it's this idea it's like this almost uh, almost like this collective consciousness and I, I let me think of what he calls it it's a um but did he say just the rats? It's not just collective? rats, but there's there's everything. So like you can also uh, create new crystalline structures by creating a compound and uh, letting them crystallize. And you can it's it's uh, very common, pretty easy to like create brand new ones. And the first ones that they'll create are kind of like janky and all fucked up. But then the more they create them, not just in that facility, but anywhere, they use the same recipe, the same heat and pressure, everything. The more so even just by, because I remember walking away from the, the reading that I did on him after you mentioned it. 
science doesn't know. You know, we're not that far from the guys that went worship the sun or will come fucking kill us. But we, we, we have answers and they don't ever say we know this. They go, our research indicates and it makes us feel comfortable like we know. But if you press a, a real scientist on what do we know, you know, they'll just be like, we, we don't fucking know anything, man. We, we don't know anything. Dark yeah. matter is 90% of or 98% of everything. Mm-hmm. We don't have no fucking idea mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. yeah. But so but I remember when, when the Rupert Sheldrake thing kind of when I went through that, I want to say it was like over the summertime, maybe or the, the spring. has been all about humans producing things at a more rapid rate, more efficiently, uh, you know, in some way. So insane about making plastic containers that are just so airtight, perfect, fucking repeatable over and over and over. If the Glad company wants to make a square container, they make 10,000 of them with all the same chemistry we're, are we saying that somehow they're getting better? This is something I was thinking about. Even though it's not a living thing, yeah. Well, there, there are I guess living technic- aspects to it, so they're getting better. Um, I think they- that I think that because because uh, like I said, with the crystal um, creating a like crystalline structures, they're not they're not living these these structures. Um, but as far as like plastic containers, I mean, I think that's just why would that of, be? Uh, why would that be free from uh, the, the whole thing? Um, why can't I think that's evolve? more? I think that's more of just like exchanging how to make them better, and because when it comes to like crystallizing a brand new compound, uh, when they crystallize a brand new compound, they're using the exact same process. all these different elements and then they make it crystallize and it's and the and then when they look at it on a microscopic level and then the more they do it uh the more sound it becomes or the more and uh, that's not a living structure it's not a living structure no so no, why no. wouldn't it be the same with plastic well because plastic So then they're just sort so of. So I'm exchanging. sorry, I'm not talking about the shape of it. I'm saying at some level they're making like. Plastic are. They're making them over and over and over. Are they getting more. You know, are they getting more dense or more whatever? Uh, are, they, think... are they also evolving at that. I don't I want think to say maybe cellular, get, maybe the whatever they, level. Maybe the let's say the plastic itself is already to a point where plastic is plastic, and then it's how how do they shape it to where it's more airtight, and then that sort of information is transferred just through you know com- basic human communication. Like they they write it down and they say, hey, we found out how to make this more airtight, and then somebody else can do it, and that's so that's let's, the very let's just basic. say to simplify, plastic is uh, you know chemical A plus chemical B. Right. Two units of A plus two units of B makes this certain watertight, airtight square of plastic. And just by making it a million times does not naturally the same. Forces of the universe are repeating it over and over. And over. Right. I, I, think, I, just, I think it did up to a point. 
I think it definitely did up to a point. Like when they start from when they first started making that type of plastic, I think it did. I think that's what the idea. And then it did, and then and then making it because you know it it, it can only become so airtight or watertight, whatever it is. And then, um, and of science, which is standing on the shoulders of giants, like you create something and then somebody else looks at your research and then they take that research and they create something from that. And, uh, but I, I mean, maybe the very, very first time anybody created that that plastic structure, I, I would say absolutely. I mean, that makes sense. That, I mean, and I'm different types of plastic. You know, you got all the yeah, millions I mean, you have, of you uses chemi uh, uh, chemical engineers. Yeah, of course. Chemical and, engineers. Yeah. So, a friend of mine works at a toilet paper. Uh, he works for a <laughs> oil company, and all they do is make toilet paper. And it's unbelievable how little paper there is in toilet paper. It's mostly chemicals to keep it together, to keep it smooth, yeah, to like keep it sugars fucking... and shit. Yeah, just you make it, all you make kinds it dissolve of properly. It's bananas. It's bananas how over-engineered ass paper is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable how it's many unbelievable. different chemicals are in it. Unbelievable. So, um, uh, yeah, I think. But to say. To, to come back to the beginning to say that to say that one person or or even just a small group of people could leave this planet and then adapt I just I don't think there's so many years before us and we're talking billions I'm, I'm not just talking about the human species I'm talking about when mitochondria DNA more uh, uh, came to be with um, this other bacteria so there's mitochondria that's in all of our cells used to be a separate it used to be a completely separate organism altogether and then at some point they came together and the mitochondria it lives inside of lives inside of the cell and then produces energy for the cell and they used to be completely separate right and they came together organism and organisms until you had you know small types of fish and then uh, or or Whatever I don't know the exact order of it all. Multicellular, mortal, multicellular water. Orders. Yeah, and it just continued yeah. on and on until you had uh, reptiles, and then you had lower forms of mammals, and then you had the higher forms of mammals, which is are us. And so that's what I'm talking about is like these billions of years of evolution, all on this planet, a very specific, like I said, a very specific distance. to sit there are a lot of people that say that the moon affects us but maybe the ways that they say it affects us isn't necessarily how it actually affects us i think it affects us on a level that we can't even calculate or or measure same way with how the sun i don't feel i'm gonna come go on record here and say i don't feel the moon i don't feel the moon either that much. i feel like there are a million things our proximity to the sun or the moon or something like that. You know, there's something in the, in the, at the, at a lower level, like we need to get further into quantum physics to find out a quark is actually made up of what, you know, the peanut butter and jelly. And it's when your peanut butter is touching the other peanut butter, that's when everything fucking goes wrong. Yeah. And I, I just, there's just more, we need to go deeper into the micro, 
Yeah, I mean, we research. didn't even know about. I don't quarks. think we're like, the ones to do research. All right, so real quick, I think yeah, here in the next couple of minutes, we gotta we gotta wrap this up just because I uh, we got started a little late, and we did. Um, unfortunately, I, you know, I got work in the morning here, so I gotta wrap this up just a little bit here, a little bit late, but. Oh, uh, living situation because it can it can wrap this all up and that's where we, we started definitely so real quick before i uh i mean and you're 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 here for as many as you you're 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 welcome to and and however many guests we get on here i have roommates here and I, one of my roommates was actually um I told him he's more than welcome to sit in and watch this and talk as much as we want because like i said i can get another person in here um but I want to have 100 of these podcasts uh, uh, recorded by the end of the year. So that's I want to get to episode 100 by the end of the year. So um, I just want to put that out there, say it. So now I'm fucking tied to it. But um, real quick, so so yeah, let's just if we can loop all the way back to the living situation and how I'm in this new place. Um, I so yeah, I heard about my my father and whatnot. How I went to university for. a go to university you're going to be in debt and i've always said if 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 being a doctor or a lawyer or whatever it is requires going to college money shouldn't be an issue you should be in debt up to your eyeballs who gives a shit right go in there take as much money as you need and do what you got to do but if you don't know what you do if you don't know what you want to do don't waste it has nothing to do with money money comes and goes it doesn't fucking matter don't waste your time don't waste your time in this life in university if that's not something you want to be doing so that's what i realized i was wasting my fucking time i had no idea what i wanted to do and i was wasting my time up there so i came back home and i still felt obligated to sort of be in some sort of higher education so i went to community college for another uh like semester and a half and then i quit that altogether. and so after all that i felt like um, that was it. Like college, higher education was not going to be my path for life. If I wanted to, it, what I'm going to do with my life has to be on my own accord, whether it's going to be, uh, I always felt like stand up comedy and telling jokes was going to be something that was going to be there. That sort of thing, talking, telling jokes, making videos, whatever it was. So I came back and I was living with, um, I was actually living right on Siesta Key when I first moved back with my best friend because his, uh, his father owned a real estate and mortgage company right at the right on Siesta Key, right off of um, uh, Midnight Pass. Right off of Midnight Pass over Stickney Point, and so I moved nice. in there, and we we lived there for a, a while, and then after that. We And we lived in this house for a very long time. And living there, I started, I was, I had already, I just watched every single episode of Seinfeld in order. I was obsessed with it. <laughs> I watched, uh, I was obsessed with, with the pure, the purest form of a, I was obsessed with the purest form of a sitcom, which is the beginning of the episode ends with the end of the episode. How'd you watch every one of them in a, in, in a row back then, by the way? I just had them all downloaded, and my friend had DVDs, and I just fucking watched them all. 
really got into writing my own sitcom and I, wrote, I started getting into writing my own scripts and I wrote a whole bunch of them and I came up with this idea and bounced it around with my roommates and whatnot, which was the idea was it's a group of friends living in a foreclosed house because it was just so period perfect. There were so many people I knew, especially in Florida, because Florida was the first place where the real estate And so it was a group of, of, of neophytes or these group of, of, of you know, people my age who are living in these, these really nice houses and they, they have no connection to the house at all. So like, dude, I have a tour of this house. I can show it to you on video. The entire thing is like completely fucking spray painted uh, and graffitied everywhere. It was just fucking insane, right? And so <laughs> dude, we just found they have online. Anyway, so I wrote this whole whole script, this whole thing, and um, that's when we were we recorded a bunch of these just short little, they were like three to five minute bits that we posted all on YouTube, and then we were going to comp- uh, create this this fan base of people who were attached to it, and then we were going to start shooting the longer scripts with like 15, 20 minute long episodes that I had written, and... Uh, I had a falling out because none of uh, none of the friends I was living with had had gone to college, so they didn't have that same idea of hey, college is not going to make it for me. I have to make it this way. So they didn't have that idea of like we have to make it this way, of you know to make ourselves something. To pursue uh, to pursue stand up comedy. Ended up doing stand-up comedy, falling into social media very heavy while I was up there. Social media had, had me comfortable with leaving the game of doing stand-up comedy because I didn't have to be in New York City to tell jokes to people and make them laugh. I could do it over social media. Ended up hiking the Appalachian Trail, you know, coming back here and doing all that stuff and yada, yada, yada. You know, one thing left to another. I, I did the Appalachian Trail and then lived here a little bit longer. And so that whole time... Every time I came back, I always had this idea that I was going to be leaving again. Well, this time when I came back, I have no, I have no intent at this moment in time of going to go travel and doing one of those things like riding my bike across country or just kind of backpacking or doing anything. I just. I suggested a jet ski from uh, Tampa over to Cancun. Yeah, let's do. Let's. I just want to put that back out there. I think that's the obvious next step in your. I, I really do, too. Get a jet ski, take that bitch all the way to Cancun, motherfucker. Never been done. Never been done. I'll be the first. From so, one girl's gone wild shoot to, to the next. <laughs> international. So, you know, and that's where I am now, and I just want to be concentrating here. And, and so I moved back in with them, and I got a room, and the room I'm living in has a nice little closet where I have this, where I'm sitting now. So next So time, you're back with the same roommates that you were with. When I had the whole years ago, yeah, years ago, uh, mostly the very first one who his name is Brian Quimby and and his dad, uh, had facilitated all that stuff. So here we are now. And I think next time, uh, we can touch on some of the, uh, our beautiful place for us to end. And um, I think that's that's wonderful. What do you think? Yeah, I think we'll. Uh, I guess I'll look forward to the next one. Yeah.
So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad we finally got it together. Thank you, man. Thank you. All right. All right. <laughs>